So Nathan Jones has been good enough to join us uh, from the Vuck's Sake podcast, which is a Melbourne Victory podcast. Nathan, thanks for your time. Thanks, Julian, for having me on. Absolute pleasure. Uh, <laughs> how's the week been? I mean, it has been a, an amazingly controversial week. I don't think many people support this decision from the A-League. What, what's the sort of feedback you've been getting from uh, Victory supporters this week? I think it starts with just sort of first amusement and bewilderment and disbelief, which is now crystallised into white-hot anger and rage, for lack of a better way of putting it. Um, We've been hearing continual mixed messages and changing messages, effectively feeling like we're being gaslit by the APL and some of the uh, heads of the league and a lot of the clubs. Is it... (laughs) What's more disappointing? Is it the actual decision itself to take the grand final away from the home team, which has been the tradition in the A-League, and move it to Sydney for three years? Or, or is it the way that it's been done that it seems like a lack of consultation with the fans? And we understand administrators are paid to administrate and they've got to make decisions, but there doesn't seem to be a lot of, okay, let's sort of you know throw it out there. Let's take the, the fans along for the ride. And even some of the clubs through their owners have said they were in the dark. Is that equally as disappointing as the decision itself? I think it's more disappointing, but I wouldn't have supported moving the grand finals. I I would have copped something like a magic round or something along those lines, which we've seen in the other codes, um, which I think would have actually been a better sell for something like Destination New South Wales. But the fact that this was completely dropped mid-season with zero consultation um, on the back of the Socceroos, you know, eight days after we had this fantastic run in the World Cup. It's just a real kick in the teeth to all the supporters, I think. So just take us through why it's such a bad decision from your point of view. I mean, we've had, you know, mixed reaction all through the week. A lot of support for people that don't like the idea, saying it's not a great idea. It was sort of a, in Australian football codes, it was a unique thing to the A-League that you got to host the grand final um, if you were the highest place qualifier for the grand final. But then on the other hand, people are saying, well... Is it really that a big deal? Sometimes you've got to take some risks. You know, the money's important. You know, people don't like change, but eventually it might be a good thing. From your point of view and, and from the victory fans you've spoken to, why is it such a wrong decision to move the grand final away from, from the home team's venue? Well, we see a lot of talk about creating new traditions from, you know, Danny Townsend and the APL, you know, all these press releases that have been more or less train wrecks. But the truth of the matter is it's a tradition that predates the A-League. It's a tradition that's gone for about 40 years because we talk about the NSL yep. or Australia Cups prior. So, it, it, you know, Perth Glory were playing home finals in the 90s mm. out at Subiaco Oval. So it, it's throwing away something that's really fundamental to the game. And, and it's just another example of, you know, the APL and the people running the game in this country not listening to the fans. We've we've had struggles with the casual fan, and this is trying to sort of appeal to the casual fan and trying to get that going. And I understand that, but the diehards are what keep the league mm-hmm. alive. That's what's kept the league alive during the COVID era. It's what kept it alive during the final days of the Fox Sports and the teething issues that we're still seeing with you know Paramount Plus and Network 10. And it's really just not listening to those diehards, the diehards that have kept this league alive, the most passionate supporters for this league. Because without us, I don't think this league would have still been around, to be honest. Yeah, I think that's absolutely uh, fair enough. Uh, Nathan Jones has joined us from the For Vuck's Sake podcast. It's a Melbourne victory podcast. Okay, so let's let's look ahead to tomorrow night. Uh, Melbourne Derby, always a big fixture. 
uh, City versus Victory. What are the plans tomorrow night in terms of a, a form of protest? So the plan is, um, from what I'm hearing from both the terraces, is they're going to go really hard for 20 minutes, you know, really sort of show the APL what they have and walk out at 20 minutes. On the 20-minute mark, um, both terraces are walking out. Uh, they've encouraged also supporters from all over the ground to be walking out on the 20-minute mark. Um, I've heard stories of people who are travelling from interstate for this game because they, you know, say Victory or City fans that have come from other states that have come in for this game, they're also walking out on the 20-minute mark. So that's the plans at this stage. And I've seen also releases from, I think, about another eight or so of the 12 clubs of their supporter groups either walking out on the 20th minute at their next home games or they're going to just not show up at all. And how? So people walk out at the 20-minute mark. We've seen similar protests in the A-League. I think it was going back to about 2015. Uh, So how long will people walk out for? They're not coming back that night. Oh, that's it. Um, Gone. That's it. They're right. Done. Once they're out of the ground that day on the 20th minute, that's it. They're done. Um, I'm hearing from the city terraces as well because there's obviously been um, Facebook and Instagram posts from all the terraces. The city fans, they're not playing to attend any other home games this season or any other away games this season. Um, OSM, the uh, victory terrace, they're walking out and they're boycotting finals for the next three years at this stage. Um, I suspect that'll ramp up and become uh, a complete boycott. I know the Western United fans, they're playing on Sunday. They're also planning a 20-minute walkout. Uh, Central Coast Mariners supporters up in Gosford, they're planning a 20-minute walkout. So this is actually a league-wide unified action by a lot of the supporter groups across the country. So it's not just, it's not just Victory and City fans here. We're talking a league-wide issue. I mean, there was an emergency meeting of the APL the other night, and they put out that statement about 10.20 that night. I think it was Tuesday night saying, you know, they're, they're, there's, um, they're unified, they're going to go ahead with this. But do you think with all these protests going on, if there's a consistency across the clubs and, and supporters to do this, can enough pressure be applied, do you think, that there is a chance this decision can be reversed? I'm not sure. I know a lot of people have also been doing other forms of protest, such as cancelling Paramount Plus subscriptions, really trying to hit um, the APL and the clubs where it hurts. Um, I know memberships are being cancelled for next year, so automatic renewals are being cancelled. So it's not just sort of this initial um, 20-minute walkout and this initial boycott, I think, that's in the works. I think that we're talking sort of a more sustained action over a period of time, most likely. The other thing also to keep in mind is um, if you look at that press release that was released with the heads of the APL, it was really interesting to see that Anthony DiPietro, the chairman of the Old Victory, his name was missing from mm. it, presumably because he had already um, resigned from the APL board after making the decision and walking back what I suspect his original decision was. So it, it, the clubs clearly aren't unified, but also the supporters are clearly unified against the APL and for lack of a better way, this train wreck of a decision and how it's been handled by the APL and being communicated to us by people such as Danny Townsend. Just finally, just on Anthony DiPietro, as you said, he did resign his position on as one of the executives on the, the APL board, but you surprised he didn't read the room a little bit better. He, you know, he spoke about the reaction and, and how fierce it's been. Do you think he, sh- he should have read the room a little bit better and, and just expected that sort of reaction? Well... The active support has been the best it's been in quite a while, easily since 2015 and the 2015 protests. So I would have thought he would have read the room better. 
He obviously didn't. And maybe this really tells, you know, we haven't obviously heard the whole story of what's going on and the messages from the APL and the governing bodies have been changing on a, on a almost hourly or daily basis if you've been reading social media. So we haven't been given the full picture and the full story. And we've been trying to, we've been tried to solve, they tried to sell us basically a false narrative and the supporters have completely rejected it. And I think guys like Di Pietro, he was smart enough, I think, to realise the backlash was present and smart enough to realise that, you know, he can't keep with that decision. But this just, I think, is another example of the people at the top not actually understanding the guys at the back of the terrace. Nathan, great to chat. Uh, we appreciate it. We can hear the passion coming through in your voice. It's going to be fascinating watching this weekend. Thanks for your time. Thank you very much, and thank you for listening to uh, fellow supporters.